Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch Hello, my friends. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. If you've seen a Yowie or any other strange entity and you've been dying to tell someone, but you're a little bit worried that no one will believe you or that people might make fun of you, you've landed in the right place. Here at Yowie Central, we won't laugh at you and we definitely don't do ridicule. And although we're focused mainly on our beautiful hairy friends, who I've been obsessed with since I was a girl, we know that there's all sorts of stuff going on in the invisible world around us that's absolutely fascinating. So we explore all the rabbit holes that we stumble across. So if you've seen or experienced anything kooky or spooky... Get in touch with me at yaoicentral at gmail.com and you can share your story with me and the Yowie Central listeners. If you're a bit shy and you're not sure you want to come on the show but you really need to talk to someone about what happened to you, get in touch with me anyway and we can have a chat. Remember, you're not alone. We're here to listen and give you some support. I'm so excited to bring you this week's show. My very special guest is Sunbo True Brother, author of The Sasquatch Message to Humanity, which I've mentioned a few times in the show over the last couple of months. Sunbo hails from Quebec and has native First Nations ancestry. He started having paranormal experiences when he was a teenager and he later completed his first vision quest in 1983, during which he met his first spirit guide and his first Sasquatch person. He spent much of his life exploring spirituality, completing spiritual missions, exploring shamanic teaching and practices, which he shares with us in his autobiographical books, Contemporary Shamanic Journeys. The first two books of those are out and he's just published a third one. So over the last couple of months, I've been sharing with you a little bit about my own mind speak, telepathic communication with the Yowie people. And 
that's been going on for me for about nine months to a year. I think I haven't kind of checked exactly when that started, but it's approximately that. So towards the end of last year, I discovered the Sasquatch message to humanity and it absolutely blew my mind. It goes into the history of our planet, the history of humanity, uh, the history of how humanity came to be and our true nature as bioengineered beings with the capacity to be interdimensional beings. Sunbow was chosen by the Sasquatch people to be a channel for uh, a message that they wanted to give to the human people. And Sunbow goes into what that message is in greater detail in this conversation that we're about to listen to. But uh, in short, basically, human beings are in dire straits. We're in big trouble. The planet's in big trouble. And it's not entirely our fault. So we have friends and allies who are reaching out to help us. And that's basically, in a nutshell, what that, that message is, is that uh, we, help, we have help if we can open our hearts to it. The Sasquatch people, in fact, the, the hairy people from around the world, including our Yowie people, are our big brothers and sisters. And they have a huge love for us in their hearts, despite the, the dog's breakfast we've made of our planet, our beautiful planet. And they are trying to help us change the, the path of destruction that we're on and maybe divert that path to uh, a more positive, hopeful, sustainable future. Sunbow just coincidentally <laughs> happened to listen to one of my shows where I discussed my experiences and I mentioned his work. And I also mentioned during that interview, and I think it was with the with Craig Zammett, uh, that I'd love to interview Sunbow. So he got in touch with me and said it would be an honour to be on my show. So I've replied and said it would be an absolute honour to have him on my show. And that's what we did. So I had a beautiful, fascinating conversation with Sunbow a few weeks ago, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Just a little note before we start, Sunbow had his computer hacked and trashed not long before I spoke with him. So he had to use an old PC with a slightly dodgy microphone. So the sound quality isn't quite as good as it could be, but it's good enough. Here's Sunbow, true brother. How was your day? Uh, pretty good, productive. I almost uh, finished translating my book one in French. Oh. Another project on the side. That would be taking a lot of work, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah it is. It's already like in six languages, uh, maybe. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. So you, you did the English version and the French version. Did you do any right. of the other versions? Oh, no, I don't speak uh, Japanese or uh, hung <laughs> Hungarian. I am in German good enough. <laughs> I, I would imagine translating into Japanese would be fairly tricky. 
yeah. Have you got good good people working with you to do that? Oh yeah, uh, it's all um, people who offer freely to translate in uh, Spanish, Indonesian, the two, book one and two in Indonesian and in German so far. Uh, just people who really can relate to the message and yeah. want to share it. And uh, it's not like a money making making business. It's, yeah, I can I can relate to that. <laughs> doing doing a, a show doing a show about Yowies isn't really a money-making business either. <laughs> oh, I, I hear you, especially when you get into the real deal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But I really um, want to con- congratulate you because you're um, uh, you're saying the real thing. That's why I, uh, I found you maybe about a year or two ago. And uh, I shared two of your shows lately and... Uh, uh, on my website, and I have to say the last one was quite a synchronicity because I hardly ever check my news feed on uh, Twitter, maybe once a year, and that day I felt to do it. Uh, you had posted hours earlier your last show. <laughs> uh, it was like the second post I saw, and I usually the link didn't work. I would, 90% of the time, I would have just moved on, but I failed to let you know, and you sent me the right link, and you said, by the way, you mentioned me and my book in your last show, and also, uh, uh, on very interesting, you sharing your first and experiences. So I shared it on my website. Yeah, I, I, it was an interesting synchronicity then isn't it because it's really it's it's relatively new sharing this that side of things with my audience and uh and that was the first I I hadn't mentioned it a couple of times in previous shows but I I hadn't gone into much detail so that was the first show that I'd actually uh me sharing in in greater detail about uh what what had been going on with with the the telepathic communication that I'd been having with with a, a Yowie here? So so what wonderful what wonderful synchronicity, Sanbo. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> I like to call those uh, synchronicity. Yes, yeah, yeah, synchronicity. Yeah, like because that. it was definitely guidance that uh, the odds were close to none that I would find your show at any date, and I just happened to bump on. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, that's well, that was wonderful. It was perfect, perfect yeah. timing. And I, I've read the first two of those, the Sasquatch message to humanity. Uh, I've got the third mm-hmm. one ready to read. I haven't started that yet, but I was so uh, I can't even tell you. I can't. I don't even have words to explain the impact that that message had on me. Um, I I was absolutely spellbound. And couldn't put it down, and uh, so many things made sense. It was the first. It it just it, it the truth rang out from it like a bell. I guess is is the best way I could put that. Very good to hear this, and yeah. that's the purpose of it because I I'm still uh, like le- digesting it or re- learning from this experience. 
And I, I've had so many people like you come who had very heart touching, deep mess, uh, comments about how that uh, message influenced their experience. And many who have started having contacts uh, from reading the books. So the greatest purpose it could achieve. Yes. And isn't that amazing? I, because I, I didn't realize that when I, when I, I've been interested and in researching this subject for many, many years, um, decades, but uh, I particularly started researching and, and, and interviewing other people and, and doing my show about three years ago. And it, it was only focused on flesh and blood sightings and encounters and, and the, the spiritual nature of these beings didn't enter my mind and didn't generally come up very often with the witnesses I interviewed, possibly because I wasn't asking the right questions. But, but I didn't, I, my experiences actually started before I found your book. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was, That's yeah. It usually leads when you, you do honest, sincere research about those beings, uh, about uh, into the ancestral uh wisdom and tradition as well as a person experiences and the more you look into it the more you find out that that's what they are they are like uh they have interdimensional abilities they are telepathic they are very wise caretakers of nature they are uh, elder relatives and they are peaceful they want to help us yeah and the more we, we we search i've seen so many uh i would say not mainstream but conventional researchers that have uh, come to those conclusions from uh, their experience. From, uh, I can mention Dr. Uh, Dimitri Bayanov, who was the founder of hominology and um, 70 years of research in the field of hairy humanoids from Moscow. And the first year he read about my book and he was uh, wrote to me and was very, very skeptical, trying to question and to you know, doubt that these things could happen, this kind of communication. And uh, finally, a few years later, just a year before he passed, he ended up reading the subsequent message to humanity. And uh, uh, he wrote back and he said, that's mind blowing. That's the, the kind of connection we've been looking all his life of 70 years of research. <laughs> Yes. And that's one example. Another one is Dr. Melba Ketchum, who did the five-year uh, genome press, uh, Sasquatch genome project yes. research in yes. the laboratories of Texas. And she uh, she wrote to me and she she said that uh, she, of course, we know the story. She was uh, discredited and you know, ridiculed, and she practically lost her credits and um, yeah. credibility in the mainstream scientific world. However, she came up with those uh, amazing discoveries. Plus, she uh, told me how well she was doing those researches. He started talking to her in telepathy. He started uh, guiding her to tell her what to do. Uh, right. And she said she never mentioned that publicly because even with the scientific evidence, she's been ridiculed. So if you were gone into the woo-woo, what you say, the psychic, you know, wouldn't have helped her credibility. However, 
that's what happens when people research for real with sensitivity. They end up finding that those beings are much more than big apes. Oh, that's that is so fascinating. I, I and I understand why she didn't share that. Um, I, I feel I feel for her so deeply because that she was completely discredited and uh, ridiculed, and uh, it was just awful what what people did to her. How how wonderful that even though that that terrible thing happened to her professionally, that on a spirit in a spiritual sense, uh, she she got the best prize ever you know she 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 was rewarded for that work because she has oh, yeah. had that contact which has sure. to be the the most wonderful special amazing thing uh I, I certainly that's how i feel about it 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 um it makes my heart so full of of joy and uh, amazement and wonder uh so i i i'm i'm so glad for her that that happened I actually have recommended these books in a couple of my last shows, and um, and I've put out on my on the Yowie Central Facebook group. I've I recommended that people uh, get these books and read them. But w- is it possible to summarise a little bit what that message to humanity is? Because I, I've had someone reach out and say, "So, what's the message?" And I was like, "You've got to read the whole book. It's too, there might be too much to summarise in 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 a few sentences on Facebook." But um, is it possible to summarise for those people who might not have read the book and and who who definitely should what that that beautiful message to us from the Sasquatch yeah. elders? Uh, like you said, it's hard to summarise in a few sentences. But, yeah. Uh, put in context, I had uh, my first close encounter with Sasquatch in uh, 81, and there have been many since. And I, I went through uh, a lot of shamanic training with many uh, indigenous elders and tribes and things before I was ready to uh, openly, after 33 years of training, to go out and uh, Meet the Sasquatch, and that's where the book starts. Book one, the Sasquatch message to humanity is. Uh, <clears throat> I had already been having. Um, it's not all said in the book. I, I realized afterwards. Uh, a year of intense and uh, close encounter uh, around my place, through my window on my roof. Uh, it was ongoing. Until I went to that vision quest on Vancouver Island to for the specific purpose of um, meeting them, meeting the Sasquatch and talking with them, knowing who they are. And that's when my close conversations started. That's when uh, they came um, and started to teach me. So that's where the Sasquatch message to humanity starts with those conversations. And um, <clears throat> experiences also that brought teaching. So what it says, it says basically that us humans are not the only, or nor the mo- most ancient intelligent life form on this planet, let alone in the universe. We are the descendants, the results of a long process of evolution of consciousness through 
millions and millions of years across the universe. So we have, we have been um, conceived and we can see bioengineered with uh, different genetics. That's why us uh, humans like Sasquatch are the only species that have a splice gene on it, which does not happen in nature because we were modified and actually more than once uh, because uh, for instance, the Chinese geneticists have identified hundreds or 300 horizontal genes that were introduced in our uh, human genome. So in short, we, were, we uh, are not the ultimate outcome or the top of uh, the universe. We are part of it. We are a hoop in the chain. We are uh, we have responsibilities, and which is to uh, first learn to live in uh, peace and harmony among ourselves and with all life forms, because we share this Mother Earth planet, home planet, um, with many other life forms, and we were not the first one to settle it. Uh, there were before us uh, Sasquatch. Uh, we find uh, petrified human-like footprints, usually bigger than human size, around the world that are dated two or three hundred million years. It means that it's much older than us modern humans, as well as uh, signs of uh, past civilizations that have been uh, submerged under the seas or under glaciers and desert sands and eroded by uh, uh, edges that are found around the world um, attest of civilizations much older than human and as well as much more advanced in many cases much uh, bigger constructions and uh, advanced technologies so the Sasquatch are, try, are reaching out to us now in this time of our critical time of our human destiny on this planet. Uh, the Anthropocene mass extinction, extinction event. And they're reaching out so we can remember our spiritual uh, origins, our essence and our purpose as caretakers and they as our elder relatives are just like the star elders the council of star elders that watches over the world's their creation their development their evolution uh, and to maintain the cosmic order in the universe these uh, elders are naturally do what the elders do reach out to the younger species like us to guide us in aligning with the natural cosmic order. So that's pretty much, uh, in a nutshell, pretty much what book one says. As for book two, it goes more into explaining the different dimensions, uh, how the, what's their nature, how they interact, what is interdimensionality? What is uh, 
different uh, time scales, timelines, and uh, to understand better the fabrics of this omniverse, this multiverse, uh, multidimensional universe we call it. And it's it's in, it's quite complex uh, for the average human like me <laughs> when I was reading that book, trying to get my head around how all those dimensions work. It's easy enough to understand the first four dimensions, but <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. but after that, it becomes well. Even even then, it's it's a little bit. It's it's quite tricky to step outside what we've all been taught to believe is the truth is actually not. And that reality is this, what we conceive as reality is this tiny small wavelength of, of what we can see and hear, but there's all this mm -hmm. other stuff going on that we can't, um, that we, we, we've been told doesn't exist. So it's, and getting outside of that, the linear time, that we live on here in, in this lifetime, it, mm -hmm. it, it's 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 quite complex. But it the way you the way you you explained it made it helped me make sense of it all. Um, I, I wonder how 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 challenging was it to transcribe telepathic communications into words in French or English, whichever one you did first, but how, how challenging was that? Uh, I did it in English first. Uh, yeah, uh, it is a process that is it, it developed with practice. Uh, you know, like I said, I had, you know, by now over 40 years of shamanic teachings and practices and uh, learning to deal with other dimension, for instance, like uh, spirits, non-physical beings, paranormal, and this kind of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with more and more practice, you get better, you, you, you find your own uh, skills, your own ways of using them. And with the help of the spiritual guides, I must say, because uh, like you, you say, it's, it was mind-blowing for me to write that, especially books too, uh, uh, both, because it also clear, clarified a lot of things for me. That, like I have been studying these things, getting bits and pieces here and there, but they kind of put it all together in one coherent whole that makes sense in a way to me and to many, I guess. So the when I was channeling uh, um, those books, it was a very intense time in my life. I could not be doing this full time because they were constantly uh, manifesting around me uh, with sounds. I could feel a hand on my head or my shoulder. I could feel, hear footsteps next to me, uh, grunts or whispers. I could see uh, things appear on my table. I could see all kind of uh, ongoing manifestations uh, where uh, spaceships coming, we're uh, worrying about uh, all kind of uh, 
signs to make me believe that this was not just happening in my head, first of all. Uh, and that's why what kept me motivated into doing it. I must say the first book was written in a rush and like a automatic writing, there's still a lot of typos in it and there should be, there could be corrections. But um, it was like an, uh, an emergent, an urgency to have this uh, message out uh, while uh, it was possible. Because I, as I said, I could not do this kind of channeling on a full-time or you know, ongoing, because it's, um, it's quite intense. It's very demanding uh, physically, like I, I couldn't sleep or eat for days. And uh, you vibrate at higher frequency. And uh, the animal, the people around you, they, I mean, people think you're, you're, you're freaked out. <laughs> you, animals, they don't know what's going on with you. Some, some are attracted, some are afraid. So it's like I said, it's a, it's a work. And it's like a work you do, let's say, to build a house you, until it's done or to write a book until it's done. Then you can rest or do something else. And are you are you still in communication with with Kamu? It's an ongoing, a constant thing. There are punctual messages or uh, guidance that I receive sometime about special um, events or moments of my life. Uh, there are also um, other guides. Uh, star beings uh, visited me since I live here. Um, sometimes they show up in their astral body uh, in my bedroom for <laughs> conversation or a message. Or sometimes they see the ship fly by. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a uh, pretty much it's a multi-dimensional universe, and we're are always free to explore it. We are also free to either open or close those portals. Sometimes uh, we have to close them because there's too much traffic maybe, or we need a rest or something. And sometimes we are more uh, available um, to this kind of communication and uh, we can make it happen. And so do you, are there ways that for, I guess, for my listeners and for me too, are, are there ways that we can explore that world and make this, make that, that communication happen more, more easily or, or, or perhaps more clearer? I, I know for, for me personally, I, it isn't always possible when I try and reach out to the Yowie who is in contact with me I, I don't always feel like I'm connecting and sometimes I I think oh was that just my was that just my imagination or was that actual communication it's big because I I come from a background of growing up in a in a Catholic school with um there's never any <laughs> I've never had any experience until now of really this kind of um this kind of spiritual uh, experience. 
And so for someone like me who sometimes I, <laughs> I was joking with my friends the other day who are very psychic, I said, well, I'm a psychic brick. Like <laughs> it's really hard for me to get, to, to, to get this happening. And the only way it has happened is because I have a friend who is a shaman and the Yowie who, who, who speaks to me reached out to him to, to help, like for him to be an intermediary between the Yowie and me because I, I don't have his shaman abilities uh, and his ability to see in, in, in his third eye. Uh, I certainly don't have, I mean, he's been training for and, and working for many, many years, so, so, you know, decades, so he's very skilled perhaps like you, you, you've also been training for many years. So, but for people like me who don't have that, um, how could perhaps we, you know, foster and facilitate that, that connection? Yeah, well, it's uh, available to all because we're all multidimensional beings, meaning we're not just this physical body. We have an energy body, etheric body, emotional or astral body that is made out of uh, what they call dark matter and there's a causal spiritual body made of what they call anti-matter so to we all have these multiple uh, dimension we're part of them i have met uh, several people who had contacts with Yahweh's in Australia, or Duligas, mm. or Junjadis. Uh-huh. Oh, the Junjadis as well. Yeah, right. Uh, actually, I had several encounters myself while gone, the year I was not there. So to answer your question, there's it's very universal basic truths and principles, you know. The main the first step, the first preparation is to work on ourselves the spiritual work, uh, which means, you know, trying to be a good soul, a good human, a good being, a uh, good relative, uh, which means benevolent, uh, which means going to lead beneficial tracks or uh, actions. Uh, then, I mean, uh, this is to help to Connect with our, our, our soul, our heart, our empathy, being uh, loving, being compassionate, being uh, at peace with all beings, and no judgment, no hatred, no fear. And that's one of the big steps to connect with those beings. Even uh, with animals, it's, it's the same type of telepathy because they feel our energy, they feel our intentions. So if we, we want to, Connect. We need to have pure intention, friend, friendly, peaceful, loving intentions. Uh, humility, humble. Uh, we don't come to them with our own agenda or our own, uh, you know, requests or demanding. Uh, we 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 learn. We want to make ourselves available for eventual contact if they, they see us fit or if they feel for communicating with us. There are many ways. Uh, it starts all, like I said, it all starts in, in your soul, inside spiritual work, but 
you want to practice, you can go on the ground uh, where you might suspect or know there are gatherings or some activity. Uh, you might uh, bring some offerings, you might spend time there, you meditate, you express your intentions to connect. And uh, with this approach, I can say that so far I've uh, assisted over 100 people or more in having their first contact, their first encounters, because uh, that's what works. Even uh, conventional researchers that consulted me, they tried this approach and they started having contacts. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it is uh, you find a tree structure or you find footprints, you hear some wood knocks, you hear some calls, some footsteps, whatever. It doesn't mean the first time you're going to shake the hand or hug a, ya a yaoi. <laughs> As much as I would really love to give my yaoi a hug. <laughs> yeah, well, it takes uh, uh, a few uh, let's see, pre preparations, uh, you know, to it's a gradual process. Sometimes many people, when they start communicating, it's, it begins in their dreams. Yeah. They come to talk to us in our dreams or meditation. And, and then it becomes more and more vivid and more, um, if you pay attention, it develops. And if you just want to stop it, it all can stop right there because, you know, we have human uh, standards and responsibilities and stuff, and we don't want to be seen as a too far out of this world. But once we don't care about it, uh, it can go very far. I mean, uh, the truth has no limit. Yeah. And I, as I mentioned to you in when we were messaging the other day, I'm fully aware that by talking about this uh, on my show, that I could potentially lose some listeners and... Uh, there can, you know, there are definitely people out there, other researchers and just people interested in the subject who will think I am batshit crazy and who will perhaps try and discredit me or, or simply just switch off and think I'm, I'm, I'm a loony, <laughs> I'm a loony and not worth listening to. But, but I, I don't actually care. Um, I've, yeah, well, you know, for this, for that, that kind of audience, I, I like to uh, document facts and uh, evidence and that's why I published uh, Encyclopedia of All Things Sasquatch, uh, Every Humanoids from the Wild, which uh, reviews like 5,000 years of document uh, documentation uh, about the hairy humanoids around the world. Uh, there's also so many times I found uh, footprints or uh, tree structures by the way, not too far from your place in uh, Northern Victoria, uh, I went to I, one of my hosts in Australia lived there, and uh, he had a lot of activity on his land. And my first night in Australia, three Luligas came uh, to greet me, and um, uh, behind this place, there's a huge you, the biggest I've ever seen of dozens, 
tree structure. It's a complex. It's, it's like 100 feet by 50 feet wide, at least, of tree arrangement, and squares and teepee shape and everything you can think of. That is quite an, an evidence. I think I might have sent you that video. Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. That is quite an evidence. If people want an evidence, they want a physical evidence, well, okay, come and explain to me how you find that in the bush. Mm -hmm. Or uh, if you want, there's uh, you had uh, even a infrared uh, image taken of the Yahweh in Queensland that's long as two of them. Oh, seven, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, so that's yeah, the, evidence if you want some. Yeah, absolutely. That, that thermal image was taken by my, my team. Uh, I also interview witnesses, Yowie witnesses for Australian Yowie research, and, and that's that team up in Queensland. So I've been to that, that actual place where, um, where Buck uh, took that footage. It's an mm -hmm. incredible, incredible footage. Really, really quite amazing. Um, there's there there are people out there who are accusing us of being hoaxes, but it's definitely not a hoax. I can guarantee that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of evidence, and of course, there's a few hoaxes too. But uh, you, you do, how, how much evidence do we need? You know, if you look at my my research in the Encyclopedia of All Things Sasquatch, there's been for thousands of years. There's been documented cases of hairy humanoids, whatever we call them, uh, Yahweh, Yeti, Sasquatch, or Yaram, whatever, that have been uh, captured and killed uh, around the world, even some sent to universities, and, uh, and they always disappear. And uh, it's mostly since the last century that the, the big cover-up of all those evidences, people say, where are the evidence? Well, they are hidden somewhere, or they've been destroyed. But in the 1950s, starting in the 50s, there were major expeditions uh, founded by the United States, Great Britain, China, Japan, France, uh, uh, probably I forget other countries that were in Russia, that were hunting the Yetis in the Sasquatch. Uh, and they were well-founded, well-equipped uh, with from the MI5, CIA, KGB, and all those people involved. <clears throat> Even in 1960, there was in Rome an International Institute for the Research of into Hairy Humanoids. I include from so many countries uh, with government involvement. So why do we say, you know, 70 years later or 60 years later that <clears throat> there's no evidence because the evidence has been hidden? Yeah. Uh, we still find some. I have uh, about seven samples of hair with me. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not such a big deal when you know they exist. Exactly. So why do you, why do you think there's such a concerted cover-up and, and in Australia as well as around the world. Why do you think that the authorities are so anxious to cover up the existence of our, our forest friends? Because it uh, deconstructs all of our 
old paradigm that we evolved from apes or that we were born 6,000 years ago, some, whether religious or scientific, uh, that we're the, whether the top of evolution or the crown of creation, <laughs> uh, that we are the only smart, intelligent, and smartest and uh, being in the universe and all this, and that there's only mostly this physical plane. We, we, we live in a materialist society. Materialist science is very partial, but very related. It's, it doesn't study 96% of the universe. So that's why if they, we, are, we recognize that, oh, there's those beings that are not only big apes. That's what all the mainstream, I would say, founded Bigfoot world tried to push that there's a big ape out there when it's not the case. Because that could pass with our old paradigm. But when we realize that, no, there are very highly evolved intelligent beings older than us. We are connected with other intelligent beings from the universe as we are. They also have interdimensional abilities and telepathy. Well, then the whole modern society shatters. Yeah. All the beliefs and uh, thought as uh, certainties uh, have to be revised. I've, I've noticed that people who are trying to share the message of that the, the, the paradigm that we understand is wrong and that everything we've been told about our origins and our history is wrong, uh, I've noticed that people trying to share that message are being censored on social media particularly, um, including, <laughs> including you. And I wondered... Definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely. I want... uh, yeah. Sorry, Talking go... about this, um, to, to, I, I'd like to share this little, uh, I briefly uh, wrote to you about it, that, that discovery, amazing discovery that was done just near where you live, Northern Victoria. Uh, we were talking about evidence, and that's one, and uh, about cover-up, that's one too. Uh, near uh, Mount Hope, Pyramid Hill area, not far from your home, where I happened to, to go, uh, two of my friends, uh, one from Victoria, one from New South Wales, and I will keep their an anonymity because they are forbidden to talk about it, mm -hmm. where uh, first they are a farmer, are digging and found some remains, some skeletons that didn't look, look human. Uh, so they called the local Aboriginal tribe. Uh, they went, the elders came, uh, original custodians, and they they look at it and they, they, they said, that's not our people. So then they called uh, my friend from Victoria and uh, he went there uh, with a couple of friends they examined and they took photos and they made a cast of one of those two skulls. One skull was bigger than human with a, a, a sagittal crest 
like a conical mm-hmm. uh, skull with a big thick lower jaw that looked like a yaoi. The other skull looked like a small humanoid with a big, uh, I can say, pear or light bulb shaped head. That, that's uh, in itself one of the most amazing discovery, but there's been many more. It's just a, an, one instance. And then when they, they found that, it came to the ears of um, someone who's famous in Australia, I'd rather not name him, mm-hmm. do a lot of uh, alternative research and uh, archaeology and stuff like that. Right. Um, so um, he made a 10-minute video about the skull with photos and stuff, and that came to the ears of the government. And then the government came and closed down the site. Apparently uh, buried back the bones, but nobody was, so, was there to see it. And they wrote, my, my, my friends show, showed me the letters they have received. They were forced to sign non-disclosure agreement uh, if they would ever speak about it or show any photos anywhere, they would uh, be fined four million or put two years in jail. Oh wow! So there you go. Just in your backyard, there's a an alien background, uh, a graveyard, <laughs> yeah, with uh, even Yahweh burial, and the government knows about it. But people who know about it are forbidden by the government to talk about it. I, I, and I don't care because I was not bound by any agreement with the Australian <laughs> government myself. So I'm glad to talk about it. But that's one example among many. And was was that on evidence? Was it on public land or was it on private land? On private land. On pri- private land. Yeah. Yeah. They were uh, told they couldn't go within 50 kilometers from that place again. By the government, you know, that, yeah. that government order, court order. Wow. People ask, where's the evidence? And that's where it is, the evidence. <laughs> yeah. What's to those who hide it? Yeah. It's being, it's, when it is found, it's being confiscated and, and hidden. Exactly. Um, in, in, quite a, uh, in quite an anxious way by the government to a certain extent, like that, that energy around that is, oh, like we've got to hide this from everyone. Which makes me even more determined <laughs> to 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 speak about it B- because I, I yeah we we need we people need to know about this we need to understand our nature and we need to understand what's really going on um, because exactly. n- not knowing uh, we're more controllable we're, exactly we're yeah ignorant. we're more controllable uh, we're we're more placid we're more um, Easily farmed, easily manipulated, easily exploited. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So, so you came out to Australia um, a few years ago, didn't you? Yeah, I spent uh, 2020. Oh, 2020, yeah. yeah. And, and you had... And you, you said you had quite a few experiences with our with our hairy friends here in Australia. Would would you like to share some of those experiences? Oh sure, yeah, uh, amazing encounters. I I, I almost uh, can say I fell in love with the with that land, but also with the hairy humanoids there. <laughs> they were uh, uh, to put in context. It was uh, in the book three of the Sasquatch message to humanity. There's uh, 10 co-authors, uh, including two from Australia, who came to our uh, Sasquatch conference in Washington State uh, during four years, and we held. So um, one of those friends invited me to uh, Victoria, and uh, to Australia, basically. And uh, uh, so I said, well, while go, well, while I cross the big pond, while not take a tour around. And, uh, so yeah, there was yeah, there was a lot of highlights, many many great stories. Um, like I said, the first night I went out on, for a short walk on this land, and three Duliga you know, called me up, <laughs> showed up like like you know, at, I don't know, twenty meters in front of me. And they were, they, they eventually, the, the, the guys of my, my friends out there were uh, communicators. And they had also all planned my journey there because be, even before I left uh, Canada, uh, one of the last night, the, the John Jerry came in my backyard. <laughs> and they said, we were waiting for you over there, down on the... So uh, it was very quickly confirmed that they were expecting me. Uh, for instance, on that land, I just can't. Uh, there's many anecdotes, but I can give one. There's a uh, there's structures there. There's we found footprints, all kind of things. One time, uh, uh, I, I enjoyed hiking around and picking feathers and giving little offerings. And, uh, Usually, when I was finding signs of the Duliga, as they are called there, uh, I would put a little lock of hair, of my hair, tied to, um, to a branch or something, as a sign of my, you know, DNA uh, offering. And there was a place I called the Gifting Tree, where I was bringing, uh, uh, we call spirit plates, food offerings. And uh, just after a couple of weeks after I had done been doing this, I went to the gifting tree, and they had picked all my little pieces of hair I had scattered around the wood, and they had twisted it 
an address and put it on the on that tree. That showed me, wow, what an amazing, careful attention. It noticed, not only did it notice every little piece of hair I left around the wood, but it picked them and brought it, them back. That, that was a, a sign of a great intelligence. Yeah. Uh, that's an example. There were many more. We went then uh, to Uluru. Uh, it was a, an intense journey. We did ceremonies there, which coincided that was the purpose of our journey to go with that planetary alignment and do ceremonies and oh, yes. Uluru. And which coincided with the the end of the big drought. Uh, it started raining during our ceremony and the following days, and within a week, all the fires were out and all the wells and rivers were filled. So we saw that too as a great sign because we were working with the with them, you know, the, the Duliga or Yahweh or also the ancestor spirits, the star people. Mm -hmm. Oh, the big family. And along that trip, I did take footage of uh, John Jerry. It was night, so it's not like an evidence. It's just like an interesting piece of footage that we were in the bush in uh, South Australia. And we started seeing those, we thought they were Min Min lights. Mm -hmm. There were uh, little red lights moving in the bush, and we up and down and sideways, and and I capture a few seconds, and I by checking frame by frame, found out they are a pair of eyes. They are, uh, mm. So we mm -hmm. figured they were generated because there were uh, a lot of activity in that place too. Uh, then I went. Well, I can skip a few. Uh, through Canberra, the Tent Embassy, and all those things, and uh, New South Wales, and um, uh, but I went to uh, Queensland, and among uh, different up and down Queensland, I went through the Yaoi Triangle, as they call. <laughs> yeah, have you heard of it? The Yaoi Triangle. So I'm I'm assuming that's up near the Gold Coast somewhere. Right, yeah, it's uh, south, southeast Queensland. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, there's a lot of activity there, and I am a Kadai Chaman. Uh huh, yeah. And he took me for a tour of the region and about every, uh, every second kilometer or so, there was a new Yahweh story he had investigated. Or, yeah, I'd heard of and uh, so we went all around the Yaoi Triangle this way and then he, he brought me up to a mountaintop, very very remote mountaintop in the Imbil, I believe national forest or state forest. Which which national park? Imbil. Oh Imbil, yeah, yeah. Few, yes, yeah. There's a few to there. Yeah. And uh and I spent a night alone up there. And uh, uh, I had a, a very amazing uh, encounter that night. I was uh, greeted, well, that was my purpose, <laughs> but I was greeted by the local uh, elder. It was, 
at least nine feet tall. Oh, wow. And he, he, he came, he came toward me, uh, maybe five meters or so, in his astral form, but I could hear him. And he accepted my offering. He asked me what I had brought for him first. So I said, well, maybe I should give you something. <laughs> he is something and I prepared he, earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in his home, too. And he hung around uh, for about oh, three hours, I guess. Uh, I could hear him walk around and grunt. And uh, there was a female voice that came. And I, I tried to record on that. I have a bunch of little clips to hear, little branches cracking, and a couple of words that sounded like some kind of indigenous language. Uh, um, and they, they stayed with me maybe three, three four hours. There was a, a youth with juvenile. So um, after that, uh, while there, the Anyway, that's in a nutshell. Uh, there was a very intense communication for hours. And the next thing I learned is uh, that the, the closest little uh, in, uh, Aboriginal village from there is called Jimna. Uh -huh. And I found out uh, probably a year later also that there was a reported Yaoi sighting near Jimna by a crew of uh, road workers. So probably just next to where I was. And I was, uh, you know, it was in the mainstream. So I found it interesting coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How, how wonderful. Did you find that, did you find that the, 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 the Dulagal people that you uh, you communicated with while you were here, did you find that they were um, similar in nature to the Sasquatch people that you know in Canada? Very similar. Uh, distinct, yeah, but, you know, they're different energy. Uh, uh, like we, we would say with the Dungeri, for instance. Uh, I met this uh, original lady in uh, Yumundi, mm -hmm. the, the giant coast. Yep. And um, she had uh, around her the wrist, she had a two inch wide, like natural bracelet of uh, two inch long hair. Around, around the wrist. Uh, so it's kind of odd. So I don't, you know, we start talking and everything. And I I asked her after a while, I said, do you have any uh, Yahweh stories? So she said, oh, well, I'm going to have to sit. Hmm. So uh, she sat with me and she told me that when, uh, before she was born, the Janjari, they contacted the tribal uh, clever man and said that as uh, her her mother would bear a child that is uh, gifted with the power of the junjari that would be 
connected with the junjak. Ah. And she was born with that hair bracelet, natural hair bracelet. Oh, wow. So that's another karkasi. Uh, evidence, people will say maybe coincidence, but uh, it's a pretty unusual uh, phenomenon. Yeah. Did you did you find that the the, the Junjadi? So from what I understand, um, they're they're a different entity to the Dulagal, to to the Sasquatch people. With their, did did you find that they they were different in nature to the Dulagal, or are they similar? Similar beings. They're uh, different lineage, different species, mm-hmm. but, but closely related and similar energy, maybe a cultural difference. Yep. Uh, like uh, we know this, the Jinjari build small tree structure, like mm-hmm. branches structure. Yep. Um, also from their energy, but they came together sometime, at least a Two, two or three times for me, they came together. So they're, you know, they're like allies. They're like yeah, they're very fr- much on the same trail. They're 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 friends, I guess. After that, I went to a place called Beebing Creek in the south southeast Queensland, uh, west of Brisbane. It's a original community there. Uh, there's an ancient uh, mission, it's historic and uh, ancestral land. They uh, found a lot of uh, burials and uh, artifacts. And they've been trying to protect it from uh, city encroachment on all sides. But uh, a few square kilometers there with wildlife and uh, sacred places and sort of a, a cultural camp. Uh, I went there and uh, I ended up hanging around about four months with that community. And uh, at first I went there, I went to take a walk in the bush and I started uh, meeting the the Yahweh. And uh, there's uh, when I came back to to camp and I mentioned my encounter, they were all like, oh yeah, everybody has a Yahweh story. Most people had a first-hand or second-hand Yahweh story. Hmm. Uh, there's a grandmother, who, an auntie, who told me, oh, well, uh, would, you, would you come? We'll show you their tree structures. Uh, would you ask them what they have to tell us? And that was, you know, my, like my arrival in that community. And uh, then another friend came who became a close uh, col- collaborator. Who, she goes by uh, Yahweh Sovereign Original. Yahweh Sovereign Original, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's her, yeah, her name she uses. And um, basically, the, my, on my arrival there, I, the Yahweh showed me a massacre place. Oh, a, Yahweh, and, a Yahweh massacre place. Uh, no, it was uh, like uh, uh, tribal people who ah. were massacred and disposed of uh, in uh, quicklime and pyres. And it, it, it was a horrible, horrible you know, type of scene you don't want to find in your life. But uh, 
No. I happened to stumble upon it, and uh, Yahweh told me, you have to do something with that. And I was like, what, what can I do? You know, I did a little prayer, and uh, uh, but this eventually uh, they asked me to document with uh, the local community, document that massacre pit. There was uh, probably hundreds of people uh, remains there. Uh, there were uh, uh, so anyway, we ended up uh, doing. A, I did a, produced a 170 page report with photos, uh, historic research, uh, put on a website to share that that story. This document is still used by the community there. They have since uh, called uh, police, uh, forensic archaeologists. Anthropologists uh, contacted uh, all the surrounding uh, tribes, uh, contacted uh, all levels of government. And they're still trying to fight to protect that. But uh, this, uh, because you know, you must be aware that in the history of Australia, there were numerous genocides. And there's been a tendency to cover it up or to deny it. Mm, yeah. So the Yahweh there asked me to bring out this truth about this historical fact and place. What was the name? To help that community save the sacred land, the ancestral. Oh, that's so wonderful! That's so what 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 a what a gift you were able to give that community. I'm very, I'm very happy, grateful that uh, I could be instrumental, and uh, I still, I'm still in contact, and they, they keep doing progress with that, and uh, it's a long-term story, but it's evolving. What was the name of that community again? Deebing Creek. Bill they have uh, Facebook pages, and uh, they are a pretty active uh, community. How how do you spell that first word? B building, did you say? D D Bing is D E E B I N G, which means the mosquito. <laughs> All right, Sunbo, would you like to share with the Yari Central listeners a little bit about your your new book? Because you you've just published uh, the third in a in a in a trilogy series about your own shamanic journeys. Is that right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, my seventh book in seven years or so. Uh, this one is the third one in the series Contemporary Shamanic Journeys, which is uh, my memoirs, my um, uh, mostly uh, focused on um, uh, what I've learned in life, the teachings I received, uh, the experiences that were uh, worth sharing, as well as you know information along the concerning you know the geography or history of different countries I visited or different cultures, uh, shamanic practices, spiritual uh, understandings. So uh, this third volume the each volume covered a decade. This third volume is from the year 2000 to 2010. 
so the next one should be my last in this series, and it will involve my journeys in Australia. But I'm not there yet in the in the recounting of the the whole journey. <laughs> well, hurry up! I want to read that one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would take, it, it's a lot of work. I, I, I've done some writing myself and it, it, it's really hard work it's, it's, and to sit down and to keep writing and keep writing. It takes a lot of discipline to finish a book. Yeah, definitely. You have to love it. You have to, uh, like I made it my main occupation, uh, but it wasn't, wasn't all my life. But, uh, you know, I've, got, I've published since I uh, worked about 40 years different types of documents and booklets and stuff yeah uh, this third book they, they, the, all my books my, my, my last seven books they always get bigger than the last one <laughs> i'll have to stop at some point because <laughs> <laughs> the well, last one is 658 pages yeah right uh, uh, 175 photos and illustrations I, I definitely want to get my hands on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was watching an interview of you the other day, one that you shared, um, uh, one that you've done recently with a woman called Danny. I can't actually remember her, what the name yeah, of the show Danny was. Anderson. Yeah, um, and she she said something really interesting, which which my my ears perked up because it it I some I related to it. She mentioned something about you feeling like that perhaps you were a Sasquatch person in a past life. I found that really interesting because I, I've had this feeling since I've been connecting with my Yowie. And I don't mention his name on air because he doesn't, mm -hmm. he asked me not to. I understand perfectly, yeah. yeah. So, so I just call him my Yowie. He does have a name. I'll have to give him a nickname at some point to make it easier to talk about him. But um, just for uh, us, for our use. <laughs> what What was that? The names are just for our, our use. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. Whenever I think of him, and sometimes in the it, when I'm connected with him, it feels like I'm talking to my brother, to like a long mm. my like my family, um, like the the love I have in my heart for him. And for his family, and for and for the, the the whole people, but particularly for him, it feels like. And it sounds really strange to talk to voice this out loud because it sounds I know it it won't to you. It'll sound it'll sound crazy to some of my listeners, but it it feels like I've walked with them in the past as well. And I I I wondered if you might be able to talk a little bit more about how that how you, why you feel like that as well. Yeah, sure. Well, it, there's uh, many people I've met by now who uh, share this kind of intuition. Uh, past lives, you know, you, you believe in it or not. Uh, it, 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 maybe if you believe in it, it often I, I do, uh, because I've had so many, not only memories and dreams and, and visions but confirmations and actual facts uh, and I used to do past life reading for some years with housing for many people so uh, and with the information that came out was totally mind-blowing 
they are, it was beyond coincidence. So what I can say is that I, I believe I've been a Sasquatch I'm not the only one. Uh, also know uh, from my family history that I'm a 132nd Sasquatch. My great-great-grandfather and his twin brother were found in the wilderness as uh, orphans when they were around eight in the Northwest Territories and they were adopted by some native uh, Cree trappers. And that's where I came from. And uh, uh, it was told by a family historian, a native family historian, uh, that we have Tasquatch in the family. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. So that's my, uh, for me, was a, quite a revelation uh, that I know a percentage of gene, but I know also a lot of people, we, if not all humans, probably carry some Sasquatch or Yahweh genes at some level. Uh, we just don't all remember or are aware of it. Uh, if we go in the north and west part of North America, it is common to hear stories in, among the tribes that this man has a son of Sasquatch or a grandson, or, mm -hmm. uh, and as well as in um, Australia, there's been stories of that, or in Tibet. So that's uh, about the genetics, about the soul, whether the soul is able to transmigrate in different bodies and different species. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 so, that's so fascinating. So fascinating. I wonder if it goes the other way too, that if some of the Sasquatch people have been humans in, in a past life. That can very well be uh, as well. Uh, there's more chances the other way around simply because they've been here much longer. Mm. Uh, but we've been here quite a while too, and probably at least six million years, uh, the hominids, and at least 300,000 years, uh, Homo sapiens, as far as the official, which is maybe not the whole story. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think we can we can probably guarantee that that's not the whole story. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still oh. have a lot more to discover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, where can people get your books if they're interested in buying either the the Sasquatch Message to Humanity or your Shamanic Journeys books or the other one you mentioned? The I, this is one I I haven't read that I'd like to to buy is the the, um, encyclopedia, the encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, I'd really like to read that. Where can we find uh, your books? The easiest thing is on my website, scenicsasquatch.com. Scenic, uh, so that's S-C-E-N-I-C. -S and yeah, and yeah. that stands for Sasquatch Close Encounter Network for Interspecies Communication. Uh -huh. So scenic sasquatch.com. Uh, so scenicsasquatch.com on yeah. the homepage, you have my seven books. Uh, listed there with the links. There's as well uh, around 900 uh, informative posts with uh, sources and links and videos that people can browse through. I actually wanted to ask you a question. You, you mentioned gifting before. What what kind of gifts do the Sasquatch people like? And and I wonder if the Yowie people like the same kinds of gifts. Pretty much, yes. Uh, the 
the main thing that is the intention. The, the, you put love and friendship in it and you know, gratitude and you want to be sincere. You, you give something that you will refer to a good friend or that you think that they will, they will be pleased with. Uh, it can be pretty much anything. One of the uh, traditions that the Sasquatch themselves taught me, and they actually have taught it to many tribes before me, is uh, what we call the spirit plate. Uh, you take a piece of bark from uh, whatever tree I used to gum bark when I was in Australia, and um, you, if you have food with you. Uh, you can put a little sample of all the different foods you have. Mm -hmm. Or what can be done anywhere, anytime, is you pick a little sample of all the plants growing around uh, to make like some kind of a flower arrangement. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that shows care, that shows attention, that shows respect, that shows love. Just the simple act of you know, taking a few minutes to uh, acknowledge and honor all the species living there and leave it as an offering. And uh, I've seen the Sasquatch leave these. So that's a very, I would think, very good way uh, to acknowledge, uh, to honor them, yeah. to honor at, at the same time all the spirits of nature. I was thinking... In fact, I read, I was reading a book called Mind Speak by Christopher Noel and mm -hmm. he, one of the cases that he mentions, uh, one of the, 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 the people who was uh, having a communication with, with the, a Sasquatch family on her property left out um, some cake, some cheesecake and something mm -hmm. else. And the Sasquatch the cheesecake made the Sasquatch feel very ill and, and felt oh. like she'd been poisoned. And so it, it she, the, the, the witness or the community, the, the experiencer said that perhaps it was the, the sugar in the cheesecake mm -hmm. that, so, so I, I, was, I, that's made me think, well, obviously we need to be careful then if we gift food, that it's not something full of, preservatives and sugar and the toxic shit that many human beings eat that we would, yeah, yeah, would need to be something need to be careful about what kind of food offerings we're, we're leaving out yeah they, they, they've told me to, to mention a few times when people ask me this uh, question i'm asked often is uh what to offer and uh, is definitely not junk food no uh, candies or that stuff or that kind of stuff. You don't need that. Maybe a fruit, maybe a, a vegetable. But uh, they don't necessarily need us to feed them. No. They just need us to know we acknowledge them. And uh, uh, for instance, uh, offering a, like natives do here, a pinch of tobacco with a prayer mm -hmm. or a feather or a nice uh, stone or you make a little circle or you uh, if you find a tree structure I like to add a branch or something just to show that I I acknowledge and that's the best that brings the best results if you start 
practicing this uh, where they they like to hang out. Uh, eventually, they start communicating back, and they can even uh, receive gifts in return. Yeah, right. I'd like to try that. I I live in an area. I, I showed you um, where I where I live, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's kind of. It's open farmland where the farm is. Well, I have some some trees on the property, but uh, I'm I'm very close to the the Murray River, and there's a lot of there's there's large patches of forest along there, and and um, I have a, a a very spiritual friend who lives up in Queensland who who has who gets um, images in his mind often about the Yowie people and he he has sent me messages saying there's 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 a, a Yowie and I think she's a female and she has a a, a baby and she's uh, like the, multiple times he said there's one like 20 kilometers west of of where you are and he said I just got an image and they're only 500 meters away from you and I was like, 500 metres? That, mean, that means they're on the farm. That's really, really exciting. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen them here myself and I haven't found tracks and I haven't found tree structures on my farm, but uh, I, I can't tell you how, I, how excited I would be if they were here. Um, but I was trying to work out where, where would be a good place to leave them gifts uh, and I thought, I don't know, on my farm or do I go down to the bush along the river? Um, you know, I just, I couldn't work out where where and if they are near me. Um, my, my friend seems to think they are, but I haven't seen any sign of them yet. Uh, even yesterday I went for a walk and, and uh, in the bush down at the river and, and I, I, I didn't see, I didn't see any sign um, or hear anything special. So, um it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to know where to where to leave gifts. Well, any any place that feels special to you that you consecrate becomes sacred. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a little uh, altar, a little stone circle, or a tree, you know, or some place that you you decide to choose to, to let's say to commune or to for uh, for your prayer and meditation. Mm. Uh, offerings there, and it doesn't mean that they are. We have to be living in your backyard because it's a telepathic relay. If you, as soon as you, you send the thought in the universe, it travels, and they can pick it. And say, there's people who have, uh, like I have, had encounters or visits. Let's say, uh, you know, uh, even. Outside, uh, you know, like it could be in the almost in the urban or suburban environment. Yeah. Uh, because they, they, if they decide they want to talk to you, it's not a problem. Except they, they prefer where there's no interference. If you have, uh, and don't forget, they often can come in an invisible form. I've seen, uh, I've seen them invisible. <laughs> To say because sometimes you you see their footsteps next to you and you hear them but nobody you don't, you don't see them yeah uh, so there's all these subtle signs to pay attention for that uh, after a while and if you know if you go a little more in a forest somewhere or a mountain uh, that's always a good occasion to you know, establish contact yeah 
And that was actually something that that your books, that the Sasquatch Message to Humanity, suddenly I realised then why, it's something that's talked about a lot. People see these beings become invisible. They see their footsteps. They see trees being, bushes being parted and something obviously moving through but nothing there. Or they can see an outline of, of a Yowie uh, you know, nine foot tall, big head, arms, shoulders. They can see that, but but the the, the being itself is the same colour as the background. Like there's like a translucent, uh, pixelated effect. Yeah. And one that's something that I learnt. One of the many things that I learnt from your book was that they're actually not. They they becoming visible, lowering their frequency and upping their density so that they are visible isn't their usual state. Their usual, most comfortable state is invisible to our eyes. Is that right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, they don't need to be in our density for so, so long or so often. Yeah. Uh, actually, I can say the majority of sightings I've had, many uh, so right now, uh, they usually appear and disappear. Mm. Uh, uh, it's very rarely they come walking like you can see them come walking. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few very like, well materialized Sasquatch, but most of the time they just appear, they interact, and then they disappear. Yeah. And that's what you hear in most accounts, the hundreds and thousands of accounts. It's, uh, it's a common trend. And, and so if that's the case, then they could, they could move around anywhere and we would never see them. So um, hence why we do then get reports in urban, urban-ish areas and hence why sometimes, you know, we'll get a report and it's very close to a big city or, um, yeah. you know, and, and people often think, oh, that's impossible. How could, how could that happen? And, um my area here in Victoria, uh, I've had, you know, other researchers say, oh, there's no way you've got Yowies where you are. There isn't enough forest. It's too cleared. Um, yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I was feeling, yeah. so, sorry, go Nothing on. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. But then I thought, well, if their most comfortable state, their most natural state is invisible to our eyes, they could be anywhere. Exactly. Well, like I said, there's more suitable places, like maybe they won't build a tree structure in a city park or in you, you know, yeah. or yeah. maybe they won't come walking down the street. Yeah. But uh, they can still go there if they want. Uh, and once we realized this, it makes a little difference because I had a, back in 92, I had a close encounter. I was with my girlfriend back then, and uh, at night, a Sasquatch came walking around us, and we could hear the steps right around us, and he was throwing pine cones at me. <laughs> and I, but I, I was looking around, like, what's going on? It must be a Sasquatch, but I don't see him. So, it's, so I could not understand what was going on back then. Once you know they can play that trick on you, oh... <laughs> uh, you can laugh with them then. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a sense of humor and they're playful. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
That's so wonderful. In fact, there's a there's an, um, a lovely man called Mike Harrell who does a, a show called the Pork and Beans Show. I don't know. If I was know. on this show, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah with, Brian, with Brian and, and Mike. And, and Mike, yeah. Mike talks about um, having uh, the Sasquatch people. He, he doesn't live in the country. I mean, or he, 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 I think he, he, he lives in a, a country town, but he's not out in the bush. And um, if I remember correctly, he, he's had them visit him in his home um, in an astral form, obviously. Um, but but yeah. th- th- they can... They can, if you invite them, they can come into your home, even, which. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I, I've I've been inviting mine. I haven't noticed him, but I live in a very small caravan <laughs> trailer, so <laughs> I don't know if he, he, get, he wouldn't even fit in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, to get to know them, you know, and to get individually, and and to get used to their energy because it can be uh, impressive. And I can tell you a little anecdote here that I was uh, one of the Sasquatch elder I met that, that I channeled in book three of the Sasquatch Research to Humanity. He's a, uh, an hermit and a bit of a, a jokester, I guess, uh, a bit of a trickster and uh, not so polite, let's say. <laughs> and the first time I was trying to go to Sasquatch Lake, that's it, the place it's called, because uh, there's been sightings there for many decades. And uh, I could not make it because the bridge was in repair then, but uh, it came to my backyard. So I heard the loudest, like tree breaking, like the whole forest was being broken at once. And big, loud, Bang, like I thought the old wooden fence had fallen. It, felt, it sounded like the apocalypse. <laughs> and I said, well, I freaked out. And I freaked out. I said, whoa, so, I mean, must be a, a big something. And I ran into the house and he kind of laughed at me, like, oh, you think you want to come and meet me in the middle of the bush, but uh, you're afraid of me in your backyard. And <laughs> uh, uh, next Maybe the next day or so, just around, just around that time as I was channeling it, I went out uh, in the backyard for a while and I looked through the window and he's standing in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he looked all like, you know, uh, like a trickster, like, <laughs> and said, oh, what are you doing in there? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So in, the, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, we hear the old kitchen falling apart, like bang, 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 like everything had been thrown to the ground all of a sudden. My friend woke up, so what's that? What's that? And I said, no, I'm afraid it's a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> And he ran upstairs and nothing was moved. Everything was perfectly still and in place. Well, that was a kind of joke that, you know, some individuals have a stronger character and you better get ready. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) Be prepared for, (laughs) for anything from the sounds of it. 
no harm, but you know, strong humor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what I, what I found really interesting, um, or one of the many things I found really interesting, since I started uh, having this this beautiful connection, um, I've I've discovered that people this is happening to people uh, way more frequently than I realized, and I've had three or four people reach out to me and say, "Oh, Sarah." I, I've also been having communication with 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 the Yowie people here, so it seems to be, uh, as you mentioned in your message the other day, there seems to be a big uh, there's a bigger plan here. Like mm-hmm. the, the, they're reaching out to you, they've reached out to you, they're reaching out to people in in Canada and in the United States, they're reaching out to people here in Australia. Uh, yeah, it they're, they're around the world. Around around the world, so they're they're making a really big effort to 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 help us, which uh, yeah, which which just um, actually makes I'm going to make me emotional actually um, to, to think that it's they a big help. yeah yeah, and yeah, it, yeah it's uh, well needed in, the, in yeah. these times where. Done quite a mess as a human civilization, uh, and there's a. I mean, we have to get back on the right track before it's too lo- too late. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, before it's too late. Uh, while there's still some biodiversity to save, for instance. Yes. Uh, and ecosystems. So uh, that's what they're trying to. And they're not alone. They're uh, ambassadors of the Star Elders because they're our closest relatives. So they're. It's easier for us to connect through them. So they're trying to guide us back and remind us basically to our ancient wisdom. And and I, we are and what we're doing here. Yeah. And there's more and more people, and that's four four promises they made me when they, I wrote the first book. They promised me that they would keep contacting me and giving me messages, which has been happening. They told me that there would be more and more people who would come out and communicate with them. That's mm-hmm. why I've noticed that within the first year before my book was published. And then they said that we would uh, we would be gathered in like uh, work global communities and networks. And that's been happening at an increasing rate uh, since seven years, as I've noticed. Right. I noticed also a lot of mainstream, or uh, maybe not mainstream, but more conventional, down to earth researchers that have been more and more opening, and, to, and now they come up with movies called uh, Paranormal <laughs> Sasquatch or Psychic Bigfoot. Or the, the, the idea is becoming more and more accepted because that's actually the real deal. That's what explains. All the unexplained questions. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's how I felt when I read your books, like that, that particularly the first book, but also the second one. I haven't got to the mm. third one. I'm sure it'll be just as mind expanding and mind blowing as the first two. But it the first time an explanation of our history and of our origins and what's really going on made sense. Nothing has ever made sense to me more than that. It was like this is this is what's going on. Now I get it. Now I get it. Now I can. 
now I can help change things too. Now, now I can, I can, I can help the the collective, and and now I know what my what, what my purpose is, what my mission is. I actually mm. did. I wondered when I first came to this this farm. My my, my husband and I have been together for ten years, but we and he he grew up here, but but I I uh, I didn't. We bought this farm about five years ago, but I wasn't living up here, and um, but but as of last year, I was, and mainly because I. I uh, where I was living, where I have a house in in Castlemaine, uh, became a construction site, and my little country town has been subdivided and turned into what was that that uh, Joni Mitchell song, "A Paved Paradise." Um, no. Put up a parking lot. That's what, that's kind of what's happening to my little country town, and I couldn't I couldn't live there, and I couldn't uh, record my interviews there because there was so much noise, and and it was unbearable. Mm. So I was sort of forced out of my home. And, and having to live here on the farm where we don't have uh, a house yet and because of the pandemic, like getting a house built and getting materials and builders is really challenging. So we, we bought a, uh, a caravan, a trailer to, to live in. And at first I hated it. Um, I was like, this place is a fucking dump. <laughs> there's, there's no good food. There's no good cafes. There's no good coffee. There's no, I'm, I'm finding it, I feel really out of place. I don't feel like I fit in. I was really lonely. I didn't have any friends here and, and my, my husband's working all day. And uh, I, it was really, really tough. And I, I'm finally understanding why I'm here, why I'm in this particular spot. Big, big, big. Oh. Uh, it's giving me it's given me the the time and space to focus on this but i i have a feeling even you mentioning pyramid hill and mount hope which mm. is just you know 20 minutes or half an hour away um yeah that's uh, I, I i mean i'm aware of you know not one but two uh burial one yahweh one alien that yeah. means there's others I mean, there's others, and I can say that if you, when I went through uh, South Australia and even some places in Queensland, there's, there's pyramids in Australia. Yeah, yes, yes, there are. Much more ancient than us humans. Yeah. But there's, you see, I mean, some pyramidal structure lined up and some amazing thing. Uh, all this, uh, this these uh, opal, opal deposits. Uh-huh. That are yep. basically uh, petrified fossils, bones, most most of it. Ah, really? Op- opals are fossilized bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's uh, that's a lot of bones, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, because there's like hundreds of square kilometers of mine. Yeah. And it's all military area also because we saw an uh, amazing, uh, well, we saw things there that you know we're not supposed to see. That's a huge mothership that was landed. Oh, wow. And then a little gray that was spying on us uh-huh. came into our room. Uh, so there's a lot of things happening in those uh, big military, secret underground military bases. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Uh, involving uh, non-human intelligence. And, uh, and that's the, the United States are very present also in those escalation bases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to someone about the other day about under deep underground bases here in Australia too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's really it's interesting, and that was part of, I guess, why I was 
I was so sad here initially was because I thought there's no Yowies around here. I, w- I want to be where I need to be where I need to be living where I can have contact with with these beings. And here, where where I I landed, um, I was so 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 sad because I thought there's no way there's any Yowies around here. I'm I'm just stuck in the middle of nowhere. Um, with no yowies, <laughs> and I was so sad. But I'm I've, I'm starting to understand that they're they're here, they're here too, uh, and, yeah. and and maybe I'm I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. The the, the main thing is to be oneself in the right space. Yeah. Once you're in the right space, the right energy, uh, there's no space-time limitation. Basically, it's just an illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. Once once you start understanding about the, the the time and space and dimensions as well. It doesn't really matter where you are, does it? But you mentioned you are gonna you're going to fly today. Yes, I'm going. I'm actually going to fly. Um, my husband is. Uh, he doesn't usually have one very small job to go to and then fly back, but he does today. So we're going to fly over. Over and he's he. The reason he asked me is because he's going to fly over some of the places where there were Yowie sightings. So the, at the oh, along the Murray right. River, there's there were on the Dufty's Beach and the Barmer State Forest. We're going to fly over, and there have been um, multiple Yowie sightings in that area. So he's he's going to take me fly over, do the job that he needs to do. He's a, he's an agricultural pilot, so we're going to fly over and then fly back. Um, so, so he is. I'm, I'm going to be in the air, flying over some beautiful forest and and areas where there there are definitely Yowie reports. Very lucky. That's an amazing plan. Uh, yeah. Do a nice flight and uh, keep an eye because there are uh, sightings from airplanes sometimes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And and we can go we can go quite low too in his airplane. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm excited. It'll be it'll be really fun. It'll be really good. I almost feel like getting back to Australia and try that. <laughs> oh, come. You know, you always have somewhere to come and stay with me anytime. Anytime you want to come back to Australia. Oh, thank you. I'm sure, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you have many friends around the country. Yeah, I found a, a very amazing, uh, welcoming and very nice, uh, knowledgeable people. Uh, many uh, indigenous communities as well. Yes, uh, I, I I really loved uh, Australia. I could have stayed longer. It wasn't if it wasn't for the global madness. Yeah, yeah. that I, I had me by, by the by the way, I had me stay uh, six months longer because all the flights were cancelled. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a blessing in disguise. Mm. I was glad to stay <laughs> longer. <laughs> oh, I would I would love to visit. Your country too. I, I just the the a friend of mine was over there recently, and some of the the photos of the scenery is just spectacular. The mountains are spectacular. Yeah, we so we got a beautiful home planet, and uh, it's so uh, it's so easy to to love her, to to, yeah. to want to take care of her. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's why I don't understand people who don't take care of her. Uh, 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 I believe there's nothing after her physical existence, then probably, and then profit at all costs uh, while yeah. you're here. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not going to... Uh, 
be sustainable. <laughs> no, no, it's not sustainable. It's it's not, and it's leading us to destruction if if we if mm-hmm. we don't stop it, uh, and and uh, if we don't intervene and and stop the path we're we're on, uh, it, it's a downward spiral, and 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 it's not a good ending for us at all. Yeah, we could be the the voice of the voiceless for the animals and trees who hmm. cannot speak up. Yeah, but uh, we also can be grateful because we have higher intelligence uh, powers uh, helping, assisting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm so great. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that. But I'm so grateful to to be to ha- to understand that now. Like to have. Mm-hmm. To, to feel like we're it's not completely hopeless and we're not alone that that we have help um, is is such a comforting a comforting a comforting thought and, and a, a, it makes me feel stronger too like I I, I, I can fight this we, we, we've got we've got backup we've got help we've got someone who's got our backs good to know very good yeah really good to know Thumbo, was there was there anything else you want to chat about before we wrap it up? We should probably wrap it up shortly. Did you want to talk about anything else before we go? Oh, well, we've covered a lot of ground. Yes, uh, uh, there could always be more, but oh, I could we, t- we... I could talk to you for hours, but <laughs> but uh, maybe we should we, we could have another conversation uh, another day. Um, that sounds I think... good. Uh, I'm really, really uh, grateful and happy to be on uh, talking with you. And uh, this uh, been a very interesting uh, exchange. And I, I wish the best for your show because uh, it's telling uh, what people should hear. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, so far I seem to have avoided the censors and the censorship, but um, maybe the more I talk about this stuff, I might start getting shadow banned or uh, like other other friends of mine who do shows uh, are shadow banned and targeted and, and like you with your computer being hacked. Yeah. And um, like I, I've seen to have avoided that so far, but <laughs> the, maybe the more I talk about this, the, the, I, I won't avoid it. But uh, it's certainly given me determination to keep talking about it anyway. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, and and I have I have so many, like I've got so many personal questions as well. But I won't keep talking to you today. <laughs> I won't keep talking to you today. Um, thank you so much. I, I'm so grateful to you for for, for sharing your experiences and your knowledge. And yeah, my, my gratitude is 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 enormous for you and for your the work that you have done. Been Likewise, and uh, thank you for your your uh, disclosing the truth yeah and for sharing this uh, with your audience and that was author Sunbo true brother if you're interested in getting his books I highly recommend all three of the Sasquatch message to humanity books I'm halfway through book three and it's just as fascinating and informative as the first one and the second one And so on the Hairy Humanoids from the Wilds book, this is the blurb, finally the ultimate disclosure, an unprecedented comprehensive study exploring the in-depth, all the aspects of the Hairy Humanoids phenomenon. From ancestral tribal knowledge, ancient lore, 
historical reports and modern research to psychic and paranormal phenomena, first-hand encounters and interspecies communication. It sounds amazing, so I, I can't wait to get into it. And just a note on that, I didn't have much success uh, buying his books through Amazon to get them to deliver here for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, Sunbo suggested going through Lulu, L-U-L-U, and that worked fine. So my friends, I would absolutely love to hear from you if any of you out there are having conversations with your local Yowies. Please get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with me via Facebook Messenger, uh, via the, the Yowie Central Facebook group. Uh, please make sure you answer the questions if you want to join that group. And uh, I also have a Twitter account and uh, what's the other one? Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. You can tell I don't really look at them very much, but you can get messages to me via those as well. And don't forget, the more we talk about this subject the more we normalise it and destigmatize it. It's my hope that in doing that, people face less ridicule when they talk about their experiences and hopefully they're not quite as traumatised as they might be if they didn't know anything about these beautiful hairy bush friends that we have. And maybe if we educate people about Yowies, we'll be able to protect them from people hunting them and from people chopping down their forest homes. So if you've seen a Yowie or experienced anything strange and mysterious, I'd love to talk to you and the Yowie Central listeners would love to hear your story. Well, that's all I've got for you today, my friends. Yowie Central will be back in a few weeks and I've got a Yowie sighting coming up for you next show. So stay tuned. I'll catch you then. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
You might be rich, you pretty young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hear and cry 